Hi, everybody. Jordan and Garen back. We just had baptism Sunday yesterday, and so we're still just excited on that and kind of feeling good about yep. what God did and just Pretty grateful awesome. for all the goodness that he, he showed us yesterday. So we just wanted to unpack that and talk about that with you guys. Garen preached a really straightforward gospel message from Ephesians 2, and... Uh, so we just want to unpack that with you guys. So, but first of all, you you're not going to be here next week. Yeah, Aaron, is I've, that right? I've heard that there's a, I think there's a revival meeting going on down in New Orleans, and I've been, they're needing speakers, like people to come preach the gospel. A, at a revival. revival meeting. <laughs> and so I'm thinking if I could be there Saturday night through Monday, you know, for that revival, that that could be really. I good. hope you're still there Monday. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you hope I'm not coming home. Yeah, if you come home Saturday, that'd be sad. And if nobody knows, we're talking about well. I don't know. They don't live in Kansas, maybe. I'm not sure. Or they're K-State fans and or they don't they're watch K-State basketball. Fans, yeah. Or Missouri. We do have a few Missouri oh, fans. Oh, man. They don't have... I don't denial. think they know what, po- they, what podcasts are in Missouri. So yeah, we don't have a lot true. of Missouri right. listeners. Yeah, so. No, we're just messing around about the Final Four because KU went. So we're having a good time with that. So Garen will be here next week. Please come to church. Because whenever we say <laughs> Garen won't be here for something, people don't come to church. So please come back to church, Garen. Garen will be teaching. But we wanted to unpack some of this. Garen, I had some questions for you that maybe non-church people were thinking, or even people who attend church here might have been thinking yesterday. Um, and so I just want to jump into it. But the, the first question is, you know, Garen, your message yesterday was really focused on the gospel, that Jesus came to save us and just what that looked like in incredible detail. And it's good and it's awesome. But Garen, I'm already saved. You know, most people in church are saved. So why do we need to go over this basic gospel message over and over and over again? Did we kind of just waste a Sunday a Sunday by saying some really basic stuff that we already know? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and I, yeah, I have no answer to that. I'm hoping you'll help me. <laughs> no, I mean, I think there's a lot of good things, and even you and I have talked, but um, the one, the reality is, is I know there are people at 12th Avenue, we're, we're actually getting more and more of them, people who are coming into 12th who don't have that church background, or who are coming from a church where the gospel's not even preached, and it's just a social gospel, it's just be a good person. And just knowing that, I know that that we need to, that those people need to get spoken to occasionally. And even as I went through that identity series, I'm like, somebody could be sitting in here thinking, oh yeah, I've got an identity in Jesus when they don't even have a relationship with him yet through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So I'm like, I need to speak to that. But also knowing at a baptism, man, we had a lot of visitors, more than I thought, like families and stuff coming. And I know that is a chance for them to hear. They may never have another chance. That may be the one place they hear it. And so I really feel that responsibility. But um, I don't want anybody... I don't want... I meet God, and He's like, there were lost people at 12 who came every week. And you do need to feed the, the the brothers and the God. I mean, you need to feed people from the Word, but like you just never talked about the gospel, and those people so badly needed that. And so I don't ever want that to be said. So that's part of it. Um, you had some thoughts too that I thought were really good as to why it's important that we talk about the gospel. Yeah. Um, well, what I, I'm trying to think of what I said. I, I think I said something along the lines of, you know, the gospel isn't something you you say recite once in your heart and then you're good for your life. It's a daily yep. process of repenting and turning to Jesus and reminding yourself that He is the only thing that makes me holy. It's nothing from inside, and yep. my flesh so easily flips that. Yeah, and so it's a daily reminder to all of us. So I don't I don't think anybody who's following Jesus in there 
would have would have said, oh, what a waste of time today. If you're following Jesus and you get hit with Ephesians 2, you're like, you know what? That is such a good reminder yeah, that right. I am so flawed yep. and I, you know, vision leaks and I forget all the time. Yep. So thank you for the reminder yeah. of how good the gospel is for me. Yeah. Well, even Al had asked me, gosh, this was five or six years ago. I did two weeks on living a gospel-centered life, and it is that idea of that I used to think the gospel was only the ABCs, it got me into faith, and then you leave that behind, and not realizing that the gospel was the A to the Zs, it covers the whole Christian life, and the whole Christian life is repenting and believing. It's not getting saved every day, but that repent and believe message is so essential. And even as a believer, I can get into an earning mindset, not earning his approval to be saved, but earning his smile on my life, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And this, this again, is a reminder to, that undercuts that, that it's all his grace, that... That, that performance spirituality, that earning spirituality. You said something yesterday, Garen, that perked my ears up. I'd never heard, and I heard some people talking about it too. When we think about our need to be saved, we think about being saved from our sin, yeah. but you talk about being saved from our goodness. What the heck, man? What is that about? Yeah, and what that's about is, is I that, you know, it is the default mode of human beings, of fallen humans, is to want to earn God's approval, and we earn it, the way you earn it is through being good. And I think a lot of the churches that don't preach the gospel anymore, it's all about you just be a good person and you're in kind of thing. And so the thing that I think that's keeping a lot of people from the gospel isn't their sin, it's actually their goodness. They think they are good enough and their goodness will get them in, and it's actually their goodness that's keeping them out. Hmm. And so that's why, to me, that second paragraph is like... That first paragraph is what we always preach that you're dead in your sin, and I think we hear that a lot, but that second paragraph is like, you bring nothing to this at all, nothing to the table, you contribute nothing. And I think a lot of people need to hear that, that we need to be saved from our goodness as much as our sinfulness. And so that's why I kind of leaned into that. Yeah, which is the importance of that second baptism question, do you believe Jesus alone is done everything necessary to yes. save you? Yep. You bring nothing to the table yep. except the willingness to submit your life to yep. Him. Yep, exactly. Yep. And that's why even, I mean, the way we design those questions, so much about that whole baptism thing is even trying to kind of emphasize that. And so it was my way to make it more explicit. I'd say one other thing. Somebody came up to me after first service about why the gospel. And they said, when I hear you talk about the gospel, it, I know you've had a lot of experience with lost people. And they're like, I learned so much about how I can talk to people. And I use things you say when I talk to people. And they were like, that save from our good, that goodness thing, that's really important. I've got a, a lost person I'm dealing with now who thinks they're good enough. And they're like, I want to use that. So I'm actually, more often than people think, I'm actually trying to equip people. So I really would like people to listen, not just hearing, but to be like, mm. this is a way I can talk to people yeah. about um, who are lost, who who think that they're good enough or who think they don't need to be saved. And so that's also part of what's going on, Jordan, is I'm really trying to equip people. You should just... Um, here's a tip for you, Garen. You should just give people your cell phone number so <laughs> they don't have to share the gospel. They can just have their friend, their lost there friends text go. you. Yeah. Isn't that a smart idea? Yeah. Yeah, instead of equipping, I'll just oh, be the guy. Oh, you want us to go share yeah, the gospel? Yeah, I really would like... Yeah. Can I don't I, know, new idea, huh? I don't totally know. crazy. Like, I've never heard of this. Don't you wish the Bible said that? Is that, that how Testament? Jesus did things, yeah. though, Garen? <laughs> did he? Yeah. Did he really choose seventy-two to go <laughs> share things? Cool. Hey, another question, another devil's devil's advocate question here, Garen. Why why do baptism? I I understand everything you said yesterday, and it makes perfect sense to me. 
but you said it's just a symbol, which means I'm saved without it, and I'm going to heaven whether I do it or not, probably. And like you talked about your wedding ring as as something similar. If I take my wedding ring off, if I throw it in the pond, yeah, I'm still married. Yeah, you know, like Kate's not going to divorce me because I took my wedding ring off. So why in the world would I be baptized if I don't want to? And I'm still going to heaven without it. Yeah. Like, so you really need to convince me because yeah. this, it, it's a symbol. Okay, that's fine. But symbols don't really matter. Like, where I go to heaven or hell, like, that matters to me. But symbol thing, I don't know. I don't know if you sold me on that. Yeah, that's really good. And so my first question is, is like, who hired you? <laughs> I'm giving <laughs> yeah. you a hard time because I know you're... Who hired you? <laughs> you're... No. So one thing, one thought I have, I've got several thoughts and I know you have some, but here's one of the first thoughts that comes to mind. Um, we even talked about this with the deacon Saturday morning. We, there, there is still in our culture, this thing in our culture that really is from the Greek way of viewing the world that is not the Hebrew biblical way, which is physical things don't matter. Only the soul matters. Only the internal matters. And so, hey, I believed in Jesus in my heart. That's all that matters. The physical thing is unimportant. But actually God created us as a, I am a combination of a body and a spirit and a soul that all matters and our body does matter and God created us in ways that physical things matter and they help seal things in our heart. They help put a, a nail in the wall to hang my, you know, to hang my hat on, so to speak. And so that's why we have a meal and we have baptism and there's so many things he calls us to that are physical kind of things. We raise our hands in prayer, we kneel, that there's this physicality that he knows is important. That's why a new creation, a new heaven is important. We are always intended to be embodied. And so doing things with our bodies reinforces what's going on internally. And so that that sense of like, oh no, I just need to do the spiritual thing. Those physical things really aren't important. That's really not how we're designed at all. They are important. And I think you know that. You, As we talked ahead of time, you were talking about like how those things really... I think they just make... Because I've done it, I've done baptism, and those things make things like stick. To go to go up, if I'm struggling with something, I'm feeling condemned by Satan. If I go up and I take a piece of paper and I write something down and I nail that on a cross, there, there's something about that mm -hmm. that makes that like more real in my life. Yeah, right. One of the girls that got baptized yesterday, she's an eighth grader named Haley, and she said something in her testimony video that reminded me of that. She said, "You know, I just I had." I realized I needed God for a while, but then my aunt sat me down and we really, I can't remember the words she used, but basically like we really put a stake in the ground. Yeah. We really like said, mm -hmm. hey, this is the moment where I'm committing and there was something special about that to her. Yep. And there's an element of that to our baptism as well, I think. Yeah. So sometimes with people, even if they're like, I think I've made that commitment and I'm like, would you like to pray that with me right now? We're going to pray that verbally with me as kind of a stake in the ground. Not that I'm saying it's this, this is, but so many people are like, I want to do that, and that is so helpful for them to do that. I think it's the same thing. Hmm. But also, baptism is simply commanded. It is, Jesus says that you make disciples and you baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's, it's I've always heard it's the first step of obedience, that after I receive Him, it is the first command mm -hmm. that I'm commanded to do. And if I'm going to throw out the first command, then the odds are... If, if that one to me is optional, then it makes everything optional, right? Mm -hmm. if, if I'm like, no, I'll, that one, I think I'll skip that one. Well, then 
you're going to likely skip the next two or three or four. Just anything God asks you to do, you're mm-hmm. not comfortable. Yeah. What, how, what do you feel about that one, that obedience I feel thing? the same way. I think about somebody who professes faith in Jesus, who understands who God the Father is and all of his power and might and ability and preeminence and all that. And you can envision the throne room, and the day you meet him, and you, you, can, just, you can just think about the awe that that moment is going to be filled with. And if you want to be the one who goes to his throne and he says... I commanded it so clearly that you're to do this. Did you either not read my word or not think it was important enough? You know, good luck answering that one because I want to do everything God tells me to do. I want to follow him to the letter of his law, not because I'm trying to be good enough, but because of who he is and who I am. Right. And so it's just not... There's things in the Bible that I'm like, I'd rather not, or I don't really get it. But it's not like I get to pick and choose because it's not a buffet, you know? Right. Like... He's the creator, I'm yeah. the creation, and I know that these things are good for me. Yeah. And so am I, you know, when I when I was when I was baptized, was I excited to get in group of a, a front of hundreds of people and profess my faith? I would have rather not. Yeah. Because I was an I mean, I'm an introvert and it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And I get it. Right. But is there benefit to others seeing the gospel displayed in my yes. life? Yes. yes. And is there benefit to obeying God and submitting myself? Yeah, absolutely there yep. is. And so you know, we don't want to oversimplify it, but is the fact that the Bible tells us to do it good enough? Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And and so for me, I mean, it's it's kind of simple for me. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a simple person. No, I'm not as smart as others, but when I read that, it's like, it's... I don't know that there's a lot of option to yeah. it. I'm, and there is benefit to it. It's not like he's telling me to cut off my arm right. or something. He's like, hey, do this thing. It's going to bring me glory. Um, it's going to bring you closer to me, and it's going to show others my yes. goodness. Yep. Like, I'm not seeing a downside here other than the fact that you might not want to. Yeah. You know, so... Two people yesterday told me they were so nervous ahead of time. I mean, very nervous, visibly nervous, and they're like, I am so glad I did that. Like, the the impact that it had on me was really significant. And then they had friends that were there, and to me, that's the other thing is, it is a chance to tell your story publicly. It's a chance to show the gospel, to share the gospel... And to me, that's the other reason, is that's part of the reason he does it, is it, it brings... Every time we do that, there are people in here who maybe have never heard the gospel at all, and they're seeing it displayed, they're hearing testimonies, they're hearing a message about it, and that's part of why God created it. It is a, it is a way of, of getting the gospel out to people. And so to me, yep, it's not about how I feel about it, it's about what's God say, and He's got good reasons, and so yeah, I, I've got to learn that in all of my life. You kind of said it. Sometimes I don't feel like doing this or that or following this one, but the reality is, is all of that is for my flourishing, and He knows, and I need to trust Him on that, and that means that I, I walk in obedience. And Satan doesn't want you to know that it's a slippery slope, but it's such a slippery slope when you start picking and choosing what you're going to follow for, from God, you yep, know? Right. Hey, you don't. You can just not do that one. It's fine. That's right. what Satan says. And then the next time, well, you know, that one either. And before you know it, you are God, and you're calling the shots. Yep. And... It's not what he wanted for us. Dude, that's good. So you let, let's end with you. I'm going to ask you. So somebody's listening to podcasts right now, and they're like, I've been really on the, the line, or I'm walking this fine line, or on the wire about baptism, on the fence, and been afraid to do it. Give, what? I want, let's give them a challenge. What would you say? I don't know if you read the notes, but I was supposed to ask you that question. <laughs> yeah, I'm flipping that one. <laughs> I'm not showing you my notes anymore. Yeah. Well, ah, that's a good question. What, what will we say? What's, so what's I've been following Jesus for a while. I've never really taken the step. Why? Well, if you call yourself a Christian and you say that you've committed your life to Jesus and you're committed to obeying him, I would say what you just said, the very first command after 
giving your life to Jesus is to do this. And if you haven't done that, you're not setting yourself up for success and you're not um, getting off on the right foot and following Jesus and you're not living in obedience to him. And so I would just say, whether you feel like it or not, whether you're excited about it or not, God has commanded you to do it. If you want to live in obedience to him, it's something you really should do. And on top of that, it's going to display the gospel for others. Don't yeah. you want the gospel displayed yep. to others? Right. Don't you remember what it was like when you were dead in your sin and someone showed you the gospel and like the light bulb that went on in your brain and how your life was never the same? Don't you want that for somebody else? Because this is what provides that. And so um, I just can't under I, I can't imagine somebody who is a committed Jesus follower for real, really give their life to him and living for him and saying, you know what? I'm going to disobey God on that. I'm not that excited about displaying the gospel for someone else, and I'm I'm really going to elevate what I think of what the Bible says right here. Yeah. Um, and that's not a, that does not mean any way saying if you're in this boat and you follow Jesus but you haven't been baptized that you're not saved. I'm not saying that in any right. way. I'm just saying I can't imagine somebody who's so committed saying, "Yeah, I'm really, you know, I'm not doing that." No, thank you. Yeah. So I would challenge you to just if you haven't done it to be serious about following the commands of God. Yeah. And just thinking about why he wants you to do it and how important that is, and that we never grow in comfort, and God right. uses yep. us in discomfort. Yep. And yep. if you're really about it, then you know. I'm not saying it's easy because it's not. It's not easy to have in front of people ever. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's what he calls us to. Yeah, and to me, that crew train that that don't let feelings drive your life. Let facts. And then faith is I step out in obedience to what I know to do, and my feelings will follow. And I think a lot of times people who don't want to get baptized, it is that fear of getting in front of 100 people or 200 people. Right. It's that fear of that. And so what I'm allowing is my feelings are driving that. The thing that you don't know that I tell people all the time is if you will step, if you will take the Word of God, be obedient, step into that, like after that baptism, the way that really like just puts that stake in the ground in your heart... I'm, we're not even talking about the other people, the gospel, how it just... The, there, are, there are these emotions that will follow that <clears throat> commitment that you don't know till you do it. It really is intended by God. I think that's part of it. it. It really solidifies that in a way internally that can't be done any other way. And, and if you were to go and talk to any of those seven young ladies who got baptized yesterday and asked them, hey, do you regret that? I know you're really nervous. Would you rather not, if we go back in time... Zero yeah. percent of them would yeah. say, "Oh, I wish I could go back and not do that." Yep. They're all glad they did yes. it. They all were so emotional and happy yes. and supported yesterday, yeah. and like they came out the other side loving the fact that they jumped yep. in. Yep. And the other thing is, where are the guys at? Seven girls, come on, men, we gotta we gotta get baptized too. We got lots of guy believers in this church as well, so we gotta outnumber the girls next time because they just seven owed us. Yeah. Does that mean you and I should do it just to get like to, just to refresh, to get the ball refresh to be fresh? Yeah. <laughs> well, I've already done it once. I think that was enough for me. Yeah. But I'm excited to baptize somebody else who wants to take that step. So if somebody wants to, what should, what to do, Karen? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to do this again in the fall. It's going to be a fall spring rhythm, and just to even if you hear this, come talk to one of us about it, and let's even start the conversation now. But I encourage you to be looking to that next time. Yeah. And. But I love, like, there's a lot of things I love about this job, but I really, really, really love getting to have those conversations with people and hear their yeah. stories and helping them to understand how to formulate their story a little bit. Because sometimes it's kind of muddled, and to see them 
work on it and bring clarity to it so that they can then articulate it to somebody else is a really cool thing. Yeah. And so I love, man, if somebody texted me or hit me up and said, hey, I'd like, I'm thinking about baptism. Let's meet for coffee. Dude, that would be the highlight of my week. Yeah. I'd love it. Right. I know you would too. So, all right, Garen, anything else? Nope. I think that's good, man. Do you want to talk about next week message at all, or should we just surprise the people? We're just going to, it's a surprise. We're going to surprise You will be here. You're not going to New Orleans. Yeah. No. Um, As much as I want to go to that revival meeting. uh, That's right. We have important things to do here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you guys. We'll see you.